You're listening to the Inspiring Minds show on the Own Your Power Radio Network. This is Todd Goodwin, your host and hypnotist. Our goal is to inspire, empower, and transform your life. So stay tuned and inspire your mind. Welcome to the Inspiring Minds show on the Own Your Power Radio Network. I'm Todd Goodwin, your host, the special guest, Peter Kingsley, who's a sports hypnotist. And uh, we're going to be talking today about that. Uh, In our last show, we discussed grief and why it's so hard to say goodbye to people you've lost in your life and how by a change in your perspective, you can actually overcome grief and all the related problems in a fairly uh, short amount of time. So to find that particular show and any other shows by uh, some other hosts of some great shows on the Own Your Power Radio Network, visit ownyourpowerlifestyle.com and you'll find those archived there. So today we're going to be talking in more detail about sports hypnosis And before we do that, and before I introduce Peter, I do want to mention one of the purposes of the Inspiring Minds show is to uh, educate you as our listeners and inspire you to to become aware of the power of your mind and realize what you're capable of is often a lot more than you think. And whether it's your goal is personal development or simply just to feel more empowered in your work or in your relationships or in your, your own health, there are a lot of things you can do using the power of your mind that Everyone has, and you can do this, and we're going to be highlighting a lot of different topics over the coming weeks, uh, ranging from today, sports, hypnosis, upcoming, we're going to have another show with Peter about hypnosis for entertainment, because a lot of people have seen that. That raises a lot of questions that we're going to answer. Um, Also, things about coping with chronic illness, dealing with emotional trauma, and how to use the power of your mind to increase your self-esteem and self-confidence so you're more motivated to achieve the goals you have in life. So there's going to be a lot of things, and occasionally we're going to have some offbeat topics that will be more funny than anything else because we want to keep it interesting uh, to your funny bone and not just to your intellect. So, Peter Kingsley. Welcome. Hi, Todd. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good, good. Can you understand this accent, this, this Texas accent of mine? I can't understand a word you're saying, but I'll just, I'll just assume that I understand everything. Peter, you're originally from the UK, obviously, yes. but you do have a little bit of a Texas accent. You've been living there for several years yes. and recently relocated or, or located, moved to Miami. Um, and you've joined the Miami Hypnosis Center. So you're, you're on the team. Fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, your primary specialty is using hypnosis for sports. And we've asked uh, our audience, we've asked some clients, we've asked some people who were aware of hypnosis for a lot of other personal development issues, emotional challenges, behavioral problems. And a lot of them weren't aware that you could use it to improve the golf game or your tennis game or your focus in basketball or sports. So we're going to talk about that today. And uh, I'll present you with a lot of questions people have posed and you can answer those. Super. And um, so we're going to be doing that. We're not going to do any demonstrations because I left my my mini golf clubs at home. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, you know, you'll be able to inspire people to uh, realize what's possible. And if playing sports as a listener, if that's something that you're interested in, if it's something you enjoy or used to enjoy and want to know how to be more consistent and enjoy that more, then this is the show for you. So we're going to be back in a moment after these messages on the Inspiring Minds show on the Own Your Power Radio Network. There'll be girls across the nation that'll eat this up. Babe, I know that it's your soul, but could you bottle it up? Get down to the heart of it. No, it's my heart. Your shit out of your luck. Don't make me tell you again. My love, 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 love. 
Communications. We empower entrepreneurs to live the life they deserve through our internet radio network. We have thousands of listeners worldwide from Miami to Italy. If you're a speaker, author, or coach, and you're on a mission to change the world, the Own Your Power radio network has a global platform just for you. We're looking for the next personal and business development stars. If this sounds like you, you can be featured on one of our shows as an expert. There's a package for every budget. If you want to help others own their power, call us today to find out more information at 877-545-7352. That's 877-545-7352. Look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back to the Inspiring Minds show on the Own Your Power Radio. I am Todd Goodwin, board-certified hypnotist at the Miami Hypnosis Center. Today, we have a special guest, Peter Kingsley, sports hypnotist, actually a hypnotist with a wide variety of hypnotic experiences in the background in, 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 in the past, but your, your primary focus is sports. Uh, so can you tell us something about your, your history and how you came into hi uh, hypnosis as a profession and also how you began to really enjoy doing sports as a specialty? Yeah, fantastic. Well, as a, as a youngster, I was, a, I was involved in professional soccer in the UK. So I sort of I sort of knew what it was like to sort of perform at a high level. I didn't really know why I was good, why I was good at what I did. 
until later on when I sort of analysed it and got into hypnosis that I actually had a natural ability to be able to sort of connect the mind to the body mechanics, if you like. And uh, I love the sport so much. That's what drove me. You know, every time we used to play sometimes in front of 20,000 people or wherever you, you know, you never really seen them because you were so focused and you were so much enjoying what you were doing that you just naturally did, you, you know, what you did. And, and I think, uh, you know, that's where I got the knowledge from sport, really. Um, and it wasn't until a bit later on until sort of the career started to go in another direction and we started to look for something that could replace the same feeling, mm-hmm. you know, because as you know, it's, it's feelings that drive us. So, uh, you know, sport was sort of moving in another direction. And uh, and then you found that, you know, what can I do to replace this? You know, what can I do to replace all this, this pleasure that I've got every single day from training? It didn't matter whether we trained in the rain, whether the, whether somebody was kicking me or, you know, wherever it is, I just still went out there and absolutely loved what I was doing. Mm. Yes, I needed to train. I needed to be shown some techniques and whatever, but I had a natural ability. And, and, and on match days especially, you know, I just used to switch in, not really knowing that I was switching in, just knowing yeah. that I was enjoying what I was doing, you know. And then afterwards I used to think, well, I always used to think it was luck. Crazy, mm. crazy for season after season after season and trophy after trophy after trophy. And I always used to think that was, must have been a bit of luck because you don't realise, you know, what talent you have got sometimes. Sure. And I noticed a lot of people in sport used to, used to be good when we were doing training when there was no no crowds around and they, you know, in any sport, really, sometimes you need to be able to talk and do your your job at the same time. Yeah, of course. You know, and we used to have these soccer these soccer training sessions, and the guys were shouting and giving instructions and running around and everything. And you know, they could sort of kick a ball and hit a bench on the floor, get them out into a big wide football field, and couldn't hit the hit the net and couldn't even talk. So you're saying that these people had physical ability, they had this skill, they had the athletic talent, they they knew that they had. They had been able to play well before, but in certain environments, especially high-pressure situations, they just folded. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And a lot of them couldn't. A lot of them hadn't got the skills and natural because the, the natural ability. Because my question is, how many sports people, when they're getting into their sports in an early in an early age, nobody ever trains them up how to manage the mind. Nobody yeah. gives them any direction. The coaches, you know, the coaches are there. They want results, and they're they're focusing on the physical side and the technical side of the of, of the player, you know. And, and hopefully, they've got the the mental capabilities to, you know, to reproduce this. But most of them haven't. And they they ask friends and they get advice from people and these bag of bag of tricks, if you like. You know, oh, think of this and think of that, and they don't really understand how the brain works. First of all, mm-hmm. they don't understand the structure of it. They don't understand how they can. Uh, train their minds uh, for training sessions. And there's a difference between training your mind for training sessions than training your mind to perform. Perform, right. You know, and that's interesting because for me, baseball has always been my my favorite sport. And I played, you know, when I was a lot younger. And I remember wondering, why is it that there are people who are in the highest level of minor league baseball? You know, AAA baseball, they're, they're right before the major leagues. Yep. And the difference in what they earn is, you know, maybe making $40,000 a year versus making over a million dollars a year. Yeah. And you get these people in AAA who are hitting very well. They're one of the best players on the team. Then they get promoted to the major leagues. And sometimes they and, and they just That's can't it. cut it there. Absolutely. They can't hit. Absolutely. And the skill level, the athletic ability between those two groups is not that different. Absolutely. Uh, and you're absolutely right. And what is that difference then? And sometimes the players that are coming up to these leagues have got more talent, they've got more physical ability. 
Uh, and it's just that when they switch across, they just haven't got the mental training, the mental ability to to actually manage it. And it's funny enough, only this morning I was watching some some British UK TV, and everybody knows Manchester United. Mm. Manchester United is, is one of the top professional soccer teams in the UK. And these players get thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds. And they just signed a young guy at the age of 19. Um, he's getting like £90,000 or $180,000 a week. Um, a week? A week. That's what these players earn. Wow. You know, he's 19 years of age and he's been brought into this environment. He's obviously got the talent because they brought him there. As soon as he arrived, the pressure was on. Yeah. Because of... Uh, and, and Expectations. He, and and he, he doesn't know how to handle it. Mm. You know, that we've heard that he's going off spending thousands of pounds to try and compensate for how he's feeling. And we know it's an emotional thing. He just right. hasn't got the, 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 the understanding of how to manage himself in that environment. You know, so... And he's got the skill. And, and this, of course, happens as a common problem, not just for professionals, but even someone who plays golf... Uh, who likes to play golf and goes and he can hit well on his own, but when he when he competes or he you know he and some friends go and they they bet a hundred dollars on the round, yeah, um, can't well, can't perform. Well, you look at you, you talked about baseball, you see, yeah, and and the thing what people don't realize is you can't actually think when that ball's coming towards you a hundred miles an hour. Yeah, you can't. You, you you can't think about it. You've got to go into autopilot. You've got to allow your subconscious to take over, which is a training, which is a training process, if you like. Right. Same with a golfer. You know, a golfer, you can have all the talent in the world. You choose your club. You choose it isn't. You choose the shot. If you can't can't switch that mind at that three things it takes to try to strike the golf ball to allow it to do that then you're not going to be consistent and you're really not going to be out. And consistency is what success is about, whether it's in sport or in business or or in your life, in relationship, whatever you want to call it. It's consistency that really allows you to get to, to where you want to get to. That makes sense. You know, so in all sports, and, and the mechanics is the same, it's just the philosophy around it, but every every athlete can learn the basic concepts uh, using hypnosis to 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 it's a tool to help implement the change because as you know as a hypnotist yourself sure. you, you know I know that you uh, you cover your area of expertise the fears the phobias smoke and everything the mechanics are still the same it's mm. only the data and the perception and the knowledge around it that where we become experts in but every person we know can learn some needs to learn some basic skills first understand how the mind works understand the mechanics of the brain. Understand how the mind works, and really learn some ba- basic foundations of, of switching in and out, so that you can set triggers, so that you can you can manage any environment, uh, and, and then that's and that's the ba- and kids should be be taught this even at school because they can use it for for learning, for learning, for taking exams, for for all sorts of things. That's a good point. Yeah, so, isn't it? so what is sports hypnosis? What it does, it actually puts structure to, to, to a sports person. You know, the, the philosophy around it is, you know, we, particularly with sports, is that we use hypnosis to be absolutely precise in what that player needs to do in his sport, depending whether he's a, whether he's a, a golfer, whether he's a footballer, a striker, a defender. There's some slightly different ways of thinking. And what we do with hypnosis, with, sport, with, with the sports hypnosis, is... We understand those precise needs, if you like, and then we we teach the the, the client or the person how to implement that and and make it precise. As an example, with a golfer, you can at a basic level use your club 
as a trigger. So you haven't got to think about it. Mm. Uh, you could use a marker. You could be. You could use a baseball. You could use a glove. Anything. So we teach the, them how to actually create those unique triggers for them, and that's what sports hypnosis does. It, it doesn't. There's the other thing that we we understand as well is prior to that we need to understand what we call childhood programming. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we need to be able to sort of balance that out, if you like, because sometimes that comes across into the sports arena. You know, maybe as a child, somebody says you were no good right. and we mislearn things. So we need to make sure, and that's where we specialise, That's especially the Miami Hypnosis Centre, yeah. we make sure that the, the childhood programme, if you like, or the personal stuff has got balance. Because if it hasn't got balance, it's not going to have balance in your sporting arena. So we sort of make sure all that's balanced out. Mm-hmm. But then when we go into the sports side of it, you can really be precise. Because every person is unique. So we need to, you know, we need to understand that person. And uh, and and give them those tool that those tools. And when you work with with athletes, other other than personal, well, you know, other than just the mechanics and and getting in the into a state of focus, what are the sort of personal issues, whether it's childhood or in their outside of sporting life? Do you find interfere with their ability to play and focus? Well, again, there was the example when you know at school or something, somebody says you're no good, or or you you can't perform. You know, um, I was working with a, go- a golfer who wanted to, uh, he'd lost his consistency and he just couldn't perform at anything. Mm. And unfortunately, he was going through a bad divorce. And to be true for what had happened, you know, you know what it's like when, when people go through these. Uh, he happened to be making love one night and it, it was, you can't perform. Oh, it didn't work. Absolutely, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know, and and I know right. it sounds a bit crazy, but that word "perform" then. So his wife said to him, "Absolutely, you can't perform." Yeah, and that was all part of the emotional crashing in, you know, around him. And then, oh, I can't perform, you know, making love making. I can't perform playing golf. I can't be perform my job. Mm. So we had to balance that that perception out in the subconscious because he doesn't care. It's a word that that the subconscious connects to an uncomfortable feeling. Right. And it tries to keep you away from that. So wherever the perception is, is that that performance triggered off that horrible feeling. So he, he, he just was so uncomfortable wherever he was. You know, it's interesting because I'm, I'm sure you've experienced the same thing. But when I've talked to my clients, when we're doing a free consultation and explaining why they have the issue they have and how their mind works, a lot of people say and might think when hearing what you just said, well, I know she was talking about the sexual function and performance, not anything else. So why would that affect other things? And, and, you know, I always explain that, well, logically, consciously, that may be the case, but what really drives the bus is the subconscious. And, And that part is the emotional part. And if you're in a heightened emotional state, then you're very suggestible. And then that that word or that phrase comes right in and it can affect a lot of other things. And to keep it really simple, so, you know, the listeners, this is how simple, you know, it is to start off with, okay? I mean, it might sound crazy, but the, the mechanics are simple, uh, as you know, and, and what drives us is pleasure. Mm. What we see, what we smell, what we touch, whether we're doing it for, you know, and in sport is a pleasurable experience. Golf is a pleasurable experience. For At least that's the idea. That's the idea. Right. Yeah, so we're always looking for that, you know, and that's what drives us forward. And I remember working with a gymnast, a, a, a young gymnast, and um, she, uh, her father was a dentist, uh, and the reason I say that because, you know, pain and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was going through pain, but he wasn't physical, he was mental because his, his daughter was struggling. And this is something else that people need to understand. 
The subconscious mind is so so switched on to what's going on around us sometimes, you know, and sometimes we may be focused on something and something could happen in the background and, and it can have an effect on us, even though we're not fully aware of it. And this is what happened with the gymnast. She was actually training one day and her, her trainer happened to be standing right by her. So that was her trigger. That was her trigger of comfort because the guy, the guy was training her and all this. Well, in the corner of her mind, her friend fell off a beam in another, in another part of the gym and screamed. Hmm. Well, and, and that, that sound and that went into the subconscious. Yeah. Although she wasn't fully aware of it because she was concentrating on what she was doing, it had gone in there. Yeah. So now the next time it was her turn to go and train on the beam, she had an uncomfortable feeling. She didn't understand it. She, she says, I'm not, I couldn't be, I'm, I wasn't aware of this. And it's, it wasn't until we then, again, we use hypnosis to calm the mind down, to discuss. And, and when it's calm, we can get more information. You know what I'm saying? So, sure. so oh, yeah, no, I remember. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah, it was that. I remember my friend screaming. So then we can actually find out. It's like a quarterback. You know, you know some quarterbacks they can, you know, the the, the yeah. quarterback can. Uh, what what is it when he throws the ball and they? It's an interception. Yeah, right. You know, some can be intercepted four times and it doesn't affect them. Some it does affect them. Sure. You know, for whatever reason, uh, and and what they don't realise, and that's where we come in. So we can actually, from a sports perspective, we can actually listen and really, really draw down to okay, where was that created then? And then we can use that to diffuse it. We learn from it and diffuse it. But what we do as sports is we, we really load up their talent, what really makes them tick, what really they are good at, so that, that every day they mentally load up that memory mm-hmm. that becomes more and more and more powerful and more and more automatic. So that then instead of having the baggage from their personal life or their past experience athletically, they're able to stay focused on their goal and be in a resourceful emotional state. Well, it goes back to, it goes back to um, most sports people every day physically train. Right. Every day they physically train, don't they? So, but how often do they mentally train? Do they train mentally every day? No, they don't. They just sort of go through it and maybe get there. But can, can hypnosis help in your experience or your opinion? Can it help with physical development? Absolutely. With- Absolutely. Well, again, we go back to the point where, you know, sometimes we get the coaches that you've got to have some adrenaline cause you have, you know, and sometimes they're so aggressive and we've got to get this. But it builds the adrenaline up too much to the point where it feeds the wrong muscles. So what we do with hypnosis, we can we can teach them how to physically manage what flows in what areas of the body. As an example, we can get them to physically, you know, relax certain parts of the body that need to be more relaxed than something else, mm. you know. Yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of uh, of things that the hypnosis can do to help support the the, the physical uh, side. Same with 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 the injuries and where have you, you know, find that there's a, if you're injured, there's a pain, and then we've got to have it fixed, and and then they go and see where it is. But then you can also use hypnosis to recover. Hmm. you know recover uh, from injuries to help the healing process you know accelerate right you know because if you've got a bruise on your arm there's a lot of damage going on in there whereas with hope hypnosis we can learn to be able to relax those muscles so the blood flows through so that the chemicals can get down there so the cells can develop and then and of course when you're if you're able to reduce someone's stress level which was one of the most common side benefits or one of the most common benefits of hypnosis is relaxation and not just during the experience of the hypnosis session but actually changing the mindset that causes someone to be stressed out about something when that becomes uh, changed and then they're more relaxed 
their stress hormones drop. Yeah. You're right. Muscle tension goes down and exactly. the immune system is healthier. So they're able to uh, heal better. You've actually exactly what you just said. You know, when you're stressed, you, you, your muscles get tense and that's when you can start pulling them and they're, and they're leaning on the wrong part of the body and everything, you know, mm-hmm. and when you perform, you just need everything to flow. So, you know, back to the question, does it help from a physical point of view? Absolutely. It does. And actually you don't really need to think about it too much. If you do, if you do the, the techniques that we teach, right. You know, on a regular basis. Because you, you develop a new habit or a new uh, habitual response. So you just trigger it and then it happens. Yeah, yeah. So that so so when you're going to go out to perform or you feel stressed, you can you can lower that so that everything is like a, a well-oiled machine. You know, the oil's going... It's like my, my scenario on a, uh, you know, imagine a truck. You're driving your truck, you start it, you park it, take it out of gear, and it's ticking over nicely. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we want to do with sports people prior to performing. So it just ticks over nice, you ready for when you want to kick the engine in. It's not like sleeping, turning the thing off, and you've got to get going again. That's when you, you know, you could cause some damage. Hmm. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. Because um, we've talked a little bit about some of the, you know, I've worked with some athletes in the past. It's not my main interest, which is why, you know, which is why you're here. Uh, but, you know, I've, I've seen that most of the people that I've worked with, their problem was a lot of it was their personal life. Yeah. They're worrying about what the other athlete they're competing against is thinking about them. They're thinking about their divorce while they're while they're in a boxing ring, let's say, or they are reacting to the last time they got injured and then they're holding themselves back. I worked with a rower who had once uh, had uh, chest pain and he was afraid that if he pushed it 100 percent, he was going to have a heart attack. And even though his doctor told him he was fine, he still, he was not going 100%. And when you're rowing, for instance, you know, a tenth of a second is the difference between winning and and losing. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this uh, with Peter Kingsley, sports hypnotist, after this break uh, on the Inspiring Minds show on the Own Your Power radio network. Uh, This is Todd Goodwin. We'll be back in a few minutes. Baby, I don't even have a job 
Welcome back to the Inspiring Minds Show on Own Your Power Radio. I'm Todd Goodwin. This is our show, How to Get Your Head in the Game, using sports hypnosis. And our special guest is Peter Kingsley, sports hypnotist at the Miami Hypnosis Center. You know, for this segment, another special guest, Peter, here from the studio, radio programmer Mike Miranda. Yeah! Hey. Welcome, Mike. Hi, hi, thanks for having me. Mike is relatively new to the Own Your Power family, and he's apparently quite a basketball player. Yeah, I, and I, uh, and an athlete, and he had a couple questions at the break, and well, I also noticed with, with yourself, Mike, when you first came in, and you and you seen these hypnotists, you're going, oh my goodness, you know, and this is again something that we need to get across to to the listeners that you know we we're, we're here to help you guys, you know, we really are, you know, and 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 Todd and myself, we have got a passion to help people and, and I noticed when you came in and I initiated your body's language and all that stuff you know and but now you listen to us earlier on and it all sort of started to make a little bit of sense you was telling telling me that even in the sport that you do which is baseball yeah yeah no basketball sorry basketball <laughs> yeah. sorry yeah and uh you were you know I asked you you know is there anything in particular and straight away without even thinking it popped up into your head about dunking dunking yeah. yes yeah because with dunking like with basketball in general i started basketball like late in life a few years ago at 20 years old i just started playing basketball oh. when i first moved to miami and um yeah it's always been a game like you know i'm 6'3 i'm 190 i got the height and the body for it yeah but um my game is just not as strong as it should be like when i run up to the hoop and bringing it in sometimes you know i get up there and i dunk but most of the time it doesn't happen and, you know, I just feel like it's a mental, you know what I mean? There's a mental barrier there. So you find, like, what is it where you're sort of running and there's something stopping you from actually jumping? Yes, yeah, so it's almost like it's almost like a wall, like, stops my, my confidence. Okay. Right there. That's how I feel because it's like, I'm going up, I'm going to touch it like nothing, but then it's, I don't bring it. Yeah, yeah. So, but that don't, that doesn't happen all the time then, I assume. No, not all the time. Yeah. So, so you don't really know where it comes from. No, not at all. Yeah, or it could be something there, but just a feeling that you think, well, I know I can do it, but sometimes as I'm almost there, there's that feeling that's holding me back. Yeah. And again, that goes back to what we were saying about, obviously, you know, we'd, we'd need to chat to you a little bit more, but it, it could be something to do with, if you take that same concept out of your sport, if you like, for a second, you said a couple of things, you know, uh, getting up there, if you like, and, and getting somewhere. It's like some people... Get, and bringing it. And bringing it, Yeah. yeah. And it's like saying, you know, I want to get somewhere in life and every time I've tried to get somewhere in life and somebody brought me down or something's happened. And it's the same same sort of thing, if you like, but it's in a different environment, you know. And so what we would what we would do with yourself is is to is to allow you to rehearse, if you like, you know, we'd find out, okay, where's this feeling coming from? Does it come outside of your sporting arena? You know, is, do you get a similar feeling when you're outside? Is there something you want to do outside of your sport that sort of stops sometimes? You know, you can do, but you don't do it. Yeah, um, I get that. You know, I feel that all the time. It's like I always want to do a million things at once that I don't have the time for. I feel like I don't have the proper resources for it. And yeah, like even on when I'm having good days or bad days, you know, it just a lot of things crash into me, like in my mind, mentally, in the back of my mind. And I go and I play basketball to blow off the steam. Where people crash into you. Yes. Isn't it? <laughs> oh, I, see, I didn't even think about it like that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So we, so we know that somewhere along the line, something's crashed into me outside of my sport, maybe. Yeah. And it's almost like it drives me to go do the sport. Drive. But yet I'm still not as successful in it as I would feel before I get there. Yeah. And then when I get there, 
it's almost like a half game I bring. I don't yeah, bring the whole game. And then game. when you focus on that you're not playing as well as you'd like or that you do sometimes, then it makes it not fun. And then the thing you're doing for fun becomes a hassle. Yeah. And that, that happens a lot with golfers, especially, I've, I've noticed. With you golfers? Know? Well, yeah. really any sport. But if you yeah. if you you take up something as a hobby, as a way of having fun and doing something that is not work, but then when you start doing it, and you start noticing that you're not doing a great job, you don't like it. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, the you're familiar with the four stages of learning, the uh the conscious, the unconscious incompetence, conscious incompetence, conscious competence and unconscious competence. So basically the four steps when when you first start playing basketball and and if this was the first time you played it 3 or 4 years ago, you probably like most people, once you got the basic the basics down, you probably were enjoying yourself. Yeah, it may not have been very good, but at least it was fun. Yeah, because it's like once I got the fundamentals, I felt like I could teach myself. Right. And I could do it, but it only took me but so far. But see, but what happens a lot of times is people then, when you get lessons or you really start trying to analyze what you're doing, you go from being unconsciously incompetent, which is where you're not very good, but you're not really aware of how bad you are, so you're having a good time. Then you're actually studying it and you're taking lessons, and then you realize, wow, I suck. And then, <laughs> and you realize that you're, you're, you're holding the ball wrong and you're, you you're jumping you off. Suck. You think you're stuck. Right, yeah, but you're, you're yeah. jumping off the wrong foot or you're taking, you're, you're, you're starting to run too late. So by the time you're jumping up for a dunk or a layup, you're already past the backboard. So once you start looking at this, then you, then you start analyzing what should really be an automatic or subconscious thing. And then your performance level drops. And most people give up at that point. And that's what happens when a lot of the times people, um, when they really start taking their sport seriously, even amateurs, then their performance level drops and they say, you know, this, this is lousy. I don't like this anymore. I don't want to do it because I don't. And then they give up before they actually get to the point where they start consciously improving. And then eventually they get to mastery, which yeah. is the unconscious competence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, what, and you see what you do. I mean, you've got, you've got two choices to be able to master this. You're either coming it from your personal level or, or your sports, from the sports level sort of thing. So, you know, you can you can develop this uh, this pattern if you like, because everybody's got their pattern of mm-hmm. thinking. We call it, you know, uh, your style of processing if you like, mm-hmm. and, and and we we sort of pick upon, you know, what's really relevant to your your mind. What do you like? You know, do you like to see things? Do you like to feel things? Do you like to hear things? All that, and then you can develop those skills into really, really creating, you know, the the, the thoughts and the memories and the feelings to be able to take you take you forward. You know, so can you, I mean, like, can you think of a time when you think of that Duncan, if you like, you know, you know when you think of it right now? Yeah. I just want yeah. you to think of it for a second. Just close your eyes for a second for me and think of that Duncan. Is it a color that, that just sort of pops in your head? The color? Color, it would be blue. Blue. Okay. So that blue, so that blue is related to that. Okay. So I want you to think of something now that you've achieved outside of the sport that you've really achieved, something that you like. Okay. Something you've done that you've achieved that you really feel proud of outside of your sport. Outside, it would be um, spontaneous and independent. And you yeah. like that, yeah? Yes. Yeah. So when you think of being spontaneous and that, do you, what sort of color pops out? What, what sort of color now pops out? It's still. It'd be 
Black. Black, okay. So you so what you do what you do now is I want you to think of taking that colour, okay? You can keep your eyes closed for a second, you keep taking that colour. And you know, take that colour and you see yourself that you're gonna go, you know, you're you just you're just on the on the on the uh, on the court and you can dunk and you can dunk and you can dunk and you dunk and it's really looking good. You can see that nice colour now just popping in there, and that nice colour just brings in that nice feeling, the feeling that you had before when you thought about it. Yeah, so you're bringing that nice colour, you make it really big and really bright, and you can see yourself every time, once you get up there dunking, once you've got there dunking, you're feeling really good about it, really good about it. Okay, so now you can see yourself all over the court, you're really enjoying it, you can you can enjoy it, you can see that colour, you can see yourself dunking, and really let that sit there in your, in your mind where it feels comfortable. That's it, just feeling comfortable, okay. So now when, when we, when now we ask you about how you feel about it, you've got a different perspective of it, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Does it feel better now? Yeah, a lot it, better. It feels a lot better, doesn't it? So, so now what you've done naturally, you've brought those, your natural skills, if you like, from your personal into your sporting. And now that memory, that subconscious mind now realizes that, yeah, that's not too bad. That's made it more relaxed so you can think about it. And even now while we're talking, it feels good. And now you want to, you can't wait to get back on that court now, is it? But yeah. yeah, I want to go back on that court now. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I feel, I feel like I'm ahead out there right now. <laughs> there you go, isn't it? Yeah. And you can take that same thing, that same colour anywhere that you want to do, so you can be able to switch it in and out. So that when you first, when you get to there and you want to come off the court, you can you can just think about that colour and that colour, and that's going to make you feel good. But for now, you just keep thinking about that time when you're on that court and just see it now. How many times you're dunking, you're dunking, it feels really, really cool. And that's how your mind works. Simple as that, simple as that. And now when you actually open your eyes, you know, on the road, so you're going to be really, really feeling good. Yeah? Yeah. The first thing I really felt, and I even still feel a little bit like, you know what I mean, like weightless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and the point is what we're doing there, you see, although you're here in the studio, we did sort of, as we walked in, you sort of, you got warm to, to us, you got warm to us, and the sort of mind settled down. Mm -hmm. You know, and when you got your mind into that level, it's easy to learn. That's why you come to the professionals like us, you know, so that we can make sure that we sort of guide you. I mean, you did the work. I just guided you. You've got yeah. the skill and the talent. <laughs> It's just knowing how to do it, isn't it? And how yeah. long did it take us? Yeah, if two three, minutes. Three minutes. Or <laughs> Absolutely. So what yeah. you imagine now is that now we say, okay, you've got the ability to do it. Period. That's all I want. That's all we want to know. When people come to the office for the for the evaluation, we just want to make sure that they want to work with us. We know people have got that skill and ability. Fine. Now we now we can't deny that you you've got that mental capacity. Now it's a case of only understanding. Okay, how you know how do they put into a bit more of a sports structure, if you like, mm. you know. And I know that I know now when next time you play your sport and you probably call us up, you say, you know what, I enjoy that. Yeah. Because you're thinking about it now. You say, ah, that looks cool. So you've created that really really nice connection, and that's what the sports is about. Right. Until so you have a relaxed attitude about basketball or dunking instead of. Thinking, oh, here it goes again. Yeah, instead of looking at it like a work perspective, because that's how I look at it sometimes. Like, man, I got to go and work at it. I got to go in, you know, work on the game. I got to work see, on the game. But remember, gym. though, you don't work at a game. You play a game. Yeah. It's a game. Yeah. So, and, and that's the thing is, you know, if you're, if you're being paid a couple million dollars a year, you got to work at it. Unless that's the case, it's a game. You have to remember to have fun. And that's a lot of times people, uh, amateur, you know, but it's interesting about the basketball, though, Peter, because... There was a, a landmark study done about 50 years ago, uh, basketball players, and it, they were trying to see the effect of visualization on improving free throw percentage. That's just what they tested. So they took the, 
the team, and they split them into two squads. And they said to the first group, every day this week at practice, just shoot free throws. That's all you do. Then the other group, they said, don't come to practice, don't touch a ball, mm-hmm. just sit there and visualize making free throws. Mm-hmm. And then after a week, they brought them back onto the line to compare their their progress, and both groups improved about the same amount. In fact, the group that just visualized doing it slightly edged out the one that actually physically practiced. So, and then they showed with subsequent research that when you visualize doing it and you physically practice, you get much better results. So this is uh, just an example of the power of the mind and the techniques that you use um, are certainly more advanced than what they did 50 years ago, which is very simple, rudimentary visualization. But you, you need to train your mind to do something and to repeat it until it becomes automatic and then at the same time get all that head junk out of the yeah, way yeah, about yeah. your your performance and working and, and all that and stuff. And you can you can you can take that same technique that you just did simply and you can you, you can distinguish between I want to switch to switch switch it when I want to be me, you yeah. person, and switch it when I want to be the sports person. So you really get that really sort of precise information and you create it whether it's in your personal life or in your or in your or your sporting life and in your business life, you know. So so it's just that putting that little bit of different philosophy in there. Which makes which which makes the difference, mm-hmm. you know. And, and again, that's something that people really need to understand. Well, the other thing that's important is a lot of people don't realize that some of the top athletes in a variety of sports worked with the hypnotists. Yeah, like Michael Jordan for yeah. one. Yeah, Tiger, Tiger Woods. Woods. Well, yeah. Tiger Woods obviously should have used a hypnotist for his personal problems, not just golf. But it yeah. worked well. It worked very really well for golf. golf. Yeah, he, he, he probably needs one now because he's not doing too well. But the point is that Michael Jordan, you know, a lot of uh, famous baseball players, Mike Tyson uh, even used again. Yeah, you know, I worked with a boxer. That's right. I worked with a boxer in, back in the eighties. So did I. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, one of what one of the good things is. I mean, this boxer knew that his sport. He knew his clock. You know, he knew his, his opponent. He knew how he's going to wear him down, and he knew when he wanted to strike him. I said to him, "When would you like to? When would you like to knock him out?" So probably in the fourth round or something, because so, because he knew he was going to tie him out. And these guys who trained in that sport, we can't even see what they see. Whether you're a baseball player or a golfer or wherever it is, they just see these little things so precisely. And he knew that when this particular boxer moved in a certain way. His, his, his right-hand fist was going to fire like a piston. So we used the analogy of hot water, turning from hot water to steam, just one second. So we used that analogy to, to rehearse because the mind doesn't really care whether you're doing something mentally or physically. Yes, if you're doing it physically, it adds to it, but you can still rehearse and create things mentally. Yeah. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't know the difference between absolutely. a real a real experience and a vividly absolutely. imagined absolutely. picture. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So you could. So we rehearsed that, and it, I mean, we, I think we, we put. Sorry, I think we put the word, the number four uh, relating to his fist, relating to his piston, and he's going to have a drink of water prior to the fourth. So mm. it all came in nicely. Mm. He rehearsed it. So and then all of a sudden, at a certain point, off it went. Now he did. He did he hit the guy on the chin. He didn't knock it, but it worked. So our points, the point that we're making with, with regards to you can rehearse and train anywhere, you know, and you can pre- be precise at your triggers depending on where it is. Whether it's a, a golfer who wants to use, you know, his golf club as a trigger or a, or he's standing on the tee box or he's got his marker or a boxer who's happened to look at his glove or a base with mm. yourself now. Basketball, as, like the, the, the ball itself abso- or looking at the rim. Yeah. yeah. Like with you, I know that you're, you know, you're probably now you'll walk onto the, onto the, 
you know, onto yeah. the court, the court, court, yeah, court yeah. and you'll just you'll just set this nice because you've got a smile on your face right there, I'm <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, you know. So so again, you know, it, it's it's one of those things that you know, people. If you're in sport, if you're serious about your sport and you want to enjoy it, enjoyment is one of the biggest things, you know. So it doesn't matter if you're an amateur or you're a professional. If you're an amateur, learning to enjoy it more is going to feed both sides of your life. You know, it's going to feed all parts of your mind and your body. So you, it's fantastic. So like with golfers, their handicap will come down because they become more consistent. They'll enjoy it, you know. And that's what we want to. That's what we want to do with them and help you know? them get in the get in the zone, which is just. Yeah. Which is what you did to a certain degree. You know, people say, what's this getting in the zone? It's that time, you know, that time sometimes in life where time seems to just stand still and it's everything's free-flowing. Yeah, you're flowing. You're, yeah. you're not yeah. thinking about it. You're just and as we're it. talking, you're smart, you know. So you ask, you talk to people and they start to smile because it's, it's going to automatically bring it up because the subconscious wants to make you feel good. So when you start talking about things that make you feel good, one of them being in the zone, because yeah. when anybody's in the zone, you're perfectly, perfectly in there. Well, you're in the present moment. Yeah. You're not, you're not thinking about, oh, last time I messed this up, or what am I going to do next time? You know, yeah. You're not in the future or the past. You're in the present. You're in yeah. the now. And when you're in the now, that's when you have your power. And one of the things before we fit, I know we're coming to it, but one of the things I want to get across to anybody in sport, there's a difference between preparing to train for your sport and there's a difference between preparing to perform mm. and what we do what we specialize in that really really makes a difference is when we help and we develop these skills when you go out on that court or wherever you're totally in the zone and you're totally perform if there's things that go on that aren't right it's already in there and then you can talk about them afterwards but the way we train our sports people is that when you're in there in that zone, whatever it is, baseball, football, whatever it is, you stay there and we teach you those skills so that when you finish performing, then you can go back into, okay, what do I need? To, not at the same, you know, when you finish, it could be the next day because it's gone in there and there's a difference between the coaches because we help the coaches. Mm -hmm. we, say to, we say to the coaches, we're going to help you so that when you're with your client, with your students, you know, that you can talk to them precisely and it will be calmly going into the subconscious so they'll learn quickly. Mm -hmm. So... We don't teach any of the physical stuff, that's the coaches, but we also help the coaches, the players or whatever it is, are working with them. It really is going in nicely. Very cool. Cool. Well, thank you, Mike Miranda. Yeah. Thank you for guys for helping us uh, use you as an example, which was kind of completely improvised. And thank you, Peter Kingsley, sports hypnotist. If you are listening or watching this and you are a professional, a semi-professional, or just a hobbyist and you enjoy playing sports or would like to enjoy it again and play it more consistently, then you can reach Peter Kingsley at the Miami Hypnosis Center by visiting uh, miamihypnosiscenter.com and you can read about all the different things we do, especially the sports work. So thank you again, Peter and thank Mike. Uh, I'm Todd you. Goodwin, hypnotist from the Miami Hypnosis Center, and this has been the Inspiring Minds Show on the Own Your Power Radio Network. You can visit ownyourpowerlifestyle.com to uh, see all the archive shows from our show and all the other wonderful shows on this network. So we'll be with you soon. That's how to get your head in the game, and have a great day. This is attorney Marlon Hill coming to you live from the Media 55 studios on the Own Your Power Network. Check us out live online.
This segment was brought to you by Constant Contact. Learn how to grow your business with the Constant Contact Toolkit. Sign up today by texting OYP to 22828. That's OYP to 22828 to register for the mailing list. Once you're a customer, Coach Simone will contact you and set up your complimentary training on marketing strategies and branding for your email campaigns. Once again, it's Constant Contact, where you can connect, inform, and grow.